coming up on this week's episode, we're talking about the Washington Capitals securing their first ever Stanley Cup. We're talking about Brian Colangelo and the story that keeps on giving. We've got Mets Yankees Subway Series and Justify going for the Triple Crown tomorrow night. That and much more on This Week in Sports. You're listening to This Week in Sports. What's going on, everybody? It is Friday, June 8th, 2018. I'm your host, Anthony. We have an unbelievable weekend of sports planned. We'll get to everything. We're talking Subway Series starting tonight. We've got NBA Finals Game 4. But first, we must talk about last night's Game 5 Stanley Cup Finals victory. The Capitals have finally done it. Here you go. The words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert mirage. It's Lord Stanley, and he is coming to Washington. So yes, I'm not even a hockey fan, and I get goosebumps just listening to that radio call. That's awesome. That's a great radio call right there. You could just hear the emotion. Um, So yeah, as I said, the Caps have won the Stanley Cup. This is now their first Stanley Cup victory in 43 years as a franchise, okay? They defeated the Golden Knights last night 4-3. Um, They dropped the first game, actually, in the series, if you guys can remember that, back uh, when the Golden Knights hosted Game 1. They lost that one. Um, But it has now been 14 years that they've had Alex Ovechkin um, the Capitals, and it's gr- it is great. Uh, I was I was rooting for the Golden Knights. I did want to see them pull it out. You know, they were a great underdog story their first year as a franchise, and they made it all the way to the friggin' Stanley Cup Finals. Like that's an unbelievable accomplishment. They have nothing to hang their heads uh, about. The Capitals were just a better team. You know, they went down 1-0 in the series. They fought back 1-4 straight. They wanted it more. They got more bounces. You know, they just, everything fell their way. Um, Ovechkin gets the first Stanley Cup of his career and the first for the Capitals. It took him 14 years, as I mentioned before, 43 years as a franchise. Um, Ovechkin was awarded the Conn Smythe Trophy. He was MVP, 32 years old, finally got it. So good for him, good for the Capitals. Uh, It's great for D.C., um, their first championship in a long, long time. I think early 90s we're talking. So they're going to be going nuts on the streets in D.C. there when they have that parade. Um... So, yeah, we're going to dive right into our next segment now, and oh, baby, did I call it. I had a feeling, I anticipated this would would drop, the hammer would drop before the end of the NBA Finals. We've had a pretty terrible and shitty NBA Finals. I mean, like I said before, the Warriors are about to sweep LeBron James and the Cavs. It's four straight years of Warrior domination over the Cavaliers, okay, and over LeBron James. So, of course, this was going to drop. They've got to divert some attention away from that series because it's not been very great. they got to get more ratings in the NBA world, and boy, do we have it. The story that keeps on giving. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about this Brian Colangelo bull 
bullshit that I was talking about. Uh, I mentioned in the last episode. You know, I I found myself, you know, down a rabbit hole searching and researching this whole thing. And I told everybody I believed that um, once I read everything, the the uh, story broke the ringer, the whole thing. I looked into it. I believed truly that it was Brian Colangelo's wife. I thought maybe he was just going to use that to, uh, you know, say it was his wife and just give him some leeway there and kind of blame it on her um, and, and take the blame off himself. But no, you have no idea. This is on this, this, this story. This has to be the greatest story in the NBA this season. I mean, this is just awesome, awesome stuff. Okay. So yeah, yesterday, Brian Colangelo and the Sixers, I mean, they were, they would have fired him. So he had no choice, but so he stepped down, he resigned, um, as president of the Sixers, one of the most highly sought after jobs, by the way, we'll get into that in a bit. Um, so yeah, Colangelo's wife finally admitted to operating and owning the burner accounts without her husband's knowledge. Okay. Colangelo did repeatedly state that he had no knowledge of his wife's involvement in this. He had no idea, yet he's feeding her information. I mean, that's his wife. He's going to tell her how his day's going at work. I'm sure he gets home after a long day. They talk like that's his partner in crime. That's his wife, you know. Um, so I have no issue with him divulging info to her because let's face it, okay, as insider as that is, as you know, I know you're not supposed to real, reveal information like that. That's confidential stuff. But everybody is, you know, everybody reveals stuff to their significant other, their wife, their husband. Come on, that's that's ridiculous. So um, the 76ers conducted their independent investigation. They were confident, actually, that Colangelo had no knowledge of this whatsoever. Had no idea his wife was pretty much doing this behind his back, even though she meant it out of love, defending him in most of these tweets and such. Um, But they found, you know, although he may not have authored the tweets himself, um, he did provide her private information, as I just stated, which probably is a breach of contract. I'm sure the legal team would have been able to fight that very, very easily. He didn't have a leg to stand on, quite frankly. Um, So they deemed that his actions, and I quote, um, they were careless, and in some instances, reckless. Okay, Colangelo um, came out with a statement yesterday. He kind of had a, a differing opinion on this, and he said, at no point did I ever purposefully or directly share any sensitive, non-public, club-related information with her. Um, he then goes on to throw his wife under the bus, mind you. This is not a joke. I swear to God, okay, he actually torches his own wife, okay? He, he, and I quote, her actions were a seriously misguided effort to publicly defend and support me. And while I recognize how inappropriate these actions, she acted independently and without my knowledge or consent. Further, the content she shared was filled with inaccuracies and conjecture, which in no way represent my own views or opinions. I mean, Jesus Christ, 
he's already resigning. He's not, I, I don't know what he's doing trying to save face, but now he's just throwing his wife under the bus and this looks bad all around. I mean, all you got to do is that's your fucking wife. You got to go home to this woman at the end of the day. Like that's the mother of your children. Okay. All he has to say, I, I, I mean, I get it. He's fuming. He's pissed off. He cannot believe that his wife did something like this to cost him one of the greatest jobs in the sport right now, okay? So um, instead of just saying, you know, she made a grave mistake, I'm very sorry uh, on behalf of her and myself, you know, we deeply apologize. I understand, you know, for, for I'm going to do what's best for the team. I'm going to step down at this time, but, you know, I still love my wife. No, he didn't say any of that. He threw her under the bus, and then he backed up and ran over her some more, okay? So this is going to be interesting. Watch out for the Colangelo family. I, I might, You might see a divorce in the near future, if you know what I'm saying, okay? Uh, but no, in all seriousness, uh, Colangelo had no choice. He had to step down. He had to resign. This is now one of the most sought-after jobs in the league. The Sixers are a monster monster up-and-coming team. You've got the likes of Joel Embiid. You've got Ben Simmons. They've got 25 mil in cap. There's talks of LeBron coming here. Okay, LeBron is owed about 35 million next season. So um, they were saying that the uh, Sixers, they could work it out. They have 25 mil in cap space. They could, you know, shuffle some things around and easily get enough money you know, suit LeBron up in a Sixer uniform in Philly next season. So we'll keep an eye out on that. Um, for more, we'll see who the Sixers um, hire as a president moving forward. Right now, Brett Brown, head coach of your Philadelphia 76ers, has assumed those duties on an interim basis. Um, we'll keep an eye. There's been talks that some uh, GMs, presidents out there in the league are trying to Look, are looking into their contracts, seeing if they could get out of it. Because, I mean, everybody, and I mean everybody, wants this job. Um, so moving forward, we're going to get into some NBA Finals action now, okay? Last we left off uh, was Game 1. The Warriors won that. Uh, we had Game 2 and Game 3 to get into. I'm just briefly going to go over Game 2 because, I mean, everybody, if unless you're living under a rock, you know what happened in Game 2. It was the Ke- it was the excuse me it was the Steph Curry or if you want to call him the Chef Curry show okay ladies and gentlemen I mean the Warriors it was close until the end um, but ultimately the Warriors edge out the Cavs one twenty two to one oh three that's right it was close for most of the first half but towards the end there uh, Steph Curry was too much to handle and the uh, Warriors blew him out in the end. Um, Steph Curry actually set a finals record. He was dynamite. He was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it looked like a video game, people. Steph Curry sets a finals record, draining nine three-pointers, okay? He broke Ray Allen's uh, mark of eight that was set back in 2010 while he was a member of the Boston Celtics. Um, so he was unbelievable. LeBron on the other side had 29, 11, and 9. And although those numbers sound very good, if you were watching that game, LeBron did not look like the LeBron that we all know and love. Um, he was, I wouldn't say timid, but he was very, he was shy to shoot the ball or drive or, or take control. He was 
you know, passing the ball a lot. And he wasn't as aggressive as, as we've seen in the playoffs, certainly not as aggressive as game one when he dropped 51. Um, Kevin Love on the backside added 20 points, but he didn't have a great shooting performance. And George Hill was not bad. He actually showed up a lot in the first half. He finished with 15. Um, so that was game two. Game three, Wednesday night. What a, This was, in my opinion, the best game of the series so far. This was a fun one to watch, people. Um, we're talking a very, very tight game all the way till the end, how we expected this series to go. Um, LeBron James had it going. He had a triple-double. But this was this was the Kevin Durant show, people. This was an unbelievable performance by Kevin Durant. He was unstoppable. He was on another level. He he was playing at as good as LeBron did when he scored 51 in game one, and he had to be. If, if Kevin Durant wasn't as good as he was on Wednesday night, there's absolutely no chance that the Warriors would have won this game because, listen to this, Steph Curry was one of 10 from three. He was absolutely awful. I mean, awful, okay? One of 10 from three, and 3 of 16 overall. He had just 11 points, and those 11 points were second behind KD's 43 points, okay? So that's pretty bad when Kevin Durant is that good and the rest of your team scores 11 points or less. Um, It's just, it's quite magnificent. And um, I'm going to let you listen in on uh, Stephen A. Smith and what he had to say about this one. But every time you needed something, KD gave it to you. Every time you wanted something, KD gave it to you. And even when you weren't in the mood to get it, <laughs> he gave it to you anyway. And he gave it to Cleveland all night long. Yeah, Kevin Durant did give it to Cleveland all night long. He put the dagger in this one just over a minute, probably about a minute and a half left. Eerily similar to last year's finals game three, almost the same identical spot, about four feet further back. It was around a 33-footer. Kevin Durant just drains the deep three, putting the Warriors up by six with just over a minute left. That was pretty much the icing on the cake. The Warriors go on to win 110 to 102 and take a commanding 3-0 series lead. And the more I think about it, the more I see a sweep coming tonight. Okay, the Warriors haven't had a sweep in four years of the Cavaliers. You know they could smell it. You know they want it. Last year they were up 3-0 and they couldn't deliver. Well, they're in Cleveland again tonight, and you better believe they're going to come out strong. You better believe that Kevin Durant is going to come out strong again. But guess what? It's about to be Steph Curry and Klay Thompson who had horrific game threes. They're going to come out. They're going to step up, and they're going to help the Warriors win another championship this one via the sweep, people. I'm calling it right now. LeBron is going to need 55 to 60 points if they want a chance to win. Um, I'm just going to get into some numbers real quick because I thought it was very interesting that um, LeBron, um, he, like I said, he had a triple-double with 33 points. He did roll his ankle in the first half, and um, he, kind of, he kind of brought that up at the end of the game. I'm not going to say it was an excuse, but Brian Windhorst um, saw him at the end of, in in the locker room as he was going towards the showers, and LeBron mentioned, "Oh, you're trying to look at my at my ankle." He's like, "It'll be fine, but I rolled it," type of thing. Um, so yeah, he he didn't. I mean, he didn't flat out say 
that it, it's a problem, but uh, you know he's kind of hinting as an excuse. But let's let's face it. I mean, everyone has played their hearts out. We're over, you know, like what a hundred games into the season at this point. Uh, Clay Thompson fell hard in game one. He's got a banged up angle. Igudala came back, by the way, mind you. He was huge for this Warriors team. Not a hundred percent at all. He came up with a huge, huge late game steal under the basket, which helped uh, preserve the win. Also for the uh, for the Warriors, um, he's a great veteran presence, and now having him, it's just it's that extra dagger in LeBron's chest. I mean, there's no chance that they could come back now. There's no chance they're even going to win Game Four tonight, in my opinion. Um, so. Uh, yeah, uh, Igudala came back. He played 21 minutes, which honestly, that's that. Those are great numbers. 15 minutes, I was expecting, but to have him for 21 minutes was great. Um, he scored like eight points, I believe. Um, Kevin Love added 20 points again, and we finally, finally, shout out to Priyank. He's not with us today, but he finally, uh, he called this Rodney Hood. We had a Rodney Hood sighting last night. Yay. Rodney Hood came in. He actually gave them great minutes. Um, he played 25 to be exact and had 15 points, not too shabby. So I've been I've been pleading with Ty Lue to get Kyle Korver in the game. Kyle Korver needs to be in this game. He needs to play more. They need to get him his shots. He's their version of Clay. He's their version of Steph Curry. He's their three-point shooter. He's the one that they need to get going, and it just didn't happen. He played, I think, 10 minutes, was 0-4, had zero points. I'm done. This series is over. I don't care at this point um, who Ty Lue even puts in the game. He, he could put himself in the game, and it's not going to matter because this series is just as good as done, as good as over. Um, I want to preface tonight's game a little bit. Game four, uh, I last checked about a couple hours ago. Um, the Warriors are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. This one is in Cleveland, and um, I just look for them to get the sweep tonight. I look for this one to be over. I don't see the Cavs. Come. I mean, yeah, is it? I'm not going to say that the Cavs can't win tonight's game. Um, I just don't see it happening. The more I, I read into this, um, the, the Warriors, they understand that this they have a chance to sweep the greatest player um, in the NBA right now, and they're not going to waste that opportunity. You'll never see Steph Curry shoot one of 10 back-to-back games. Like That's just not going to happen. I think it's a close call who wins MVP between him and KD, but if KD gives another one of those performances like uh, he did on Wednesday, he's going to solidify himself as back-to-back finals MVPs. And uh, this was Mark Jackson when KD had 43 points on Wednesday night. Mama, there goes that man. That's right. Mama, there goes that man. That's how good Kevin Durant was. I expect much of the same tonight, and I, I'm calling it the Warriors are going to sweep the Cavaliers and win another NBA championship. They're third in the last four years. Um, another bit of news. This I, I really don't want to bring really bring this up, so I'm just going to briefly touch on it. You, there's always rumors surrounding uh, the NBA Finals and blah blah blah, and next year and LeBron going to the Sixers and this and that. Well, I, I don't want to talk about this because there's nothing to really talk about. This is uh, Kevin Durant. He is. 
um, due to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. There's speculations that, oh my God, uh, could he leave and go sign with the Lakers? And I mean, seriously, is it every player that just has rumors is rumored to go to the Lakers? I guess when uh, you have Magic Johnson running the show over there, they're, they're just rumored to get every single player that, that's on the planet. Like, this is ridiculous. But no, um, there's expectation that Durant will opt out. He's just going to restructure his deal and get probably a pay increase because uh, he deserves one. Um, but he did, he did come out and say that he plans to stay with the Warriors, um, although he did say... He left open the door saying, it is very clear that nothing is certain in the NBA. Ooh, let the conspiracy theories begin. No, Kevin Durant is going to be on Golden State next year, especially if he wins finals MVP. There's no chance he, why? I mean, it would make absolutely no sense for him to leave. It would be the dumbest move in sports history for him to leave a dynasty of a team that is primed to win a championship next year as well, and probably the year after that. Uh, there's just... It, it, there's nothing to talk about here. Um, so, yeah, that was just a minor little story coming out of the NBA Finals. I just thought I'd bring it up because it was talked about. Um, the next one that I want to talk about, this is the one I've been waiting for. I could not be more excited for this, okay? This is tonight. As Right alongside Game 4 of the NBA Finals, I will have I will be watching both of them side by side. I'm talking Subway Series, Yankees-Mets, the glorious Subway Series. The Yankees are dominating this year. They are the best team in baseball. They lead the Red Sox by, I think, half a game. They have a higher winning percentage because it's a little wacky with the um, with the with the stats and everything with the uh, standings because the Yankees have had a bunch more rainouts. But Yankees and Red Sox are the only two teams with 40 wins right now. Yankees are like 40 and 18, I believe. Um, you've got. Uh, DeGrom going against uh, Tanaka tonight. So, yeah, if the Mets want to win, now's their chance. Um, DeGrom is arguably one of the top one, two, three pitchers in the National League. Him and Scherzer are kind of right there. Um, So that's their only hope. The problem with the Mets is they're fucking terrible. I don't know what it must be like to be a Mets fan, to be honest, but they absolutely suck. And I almost, I feel bad for them. Like I really do. Um, they just can't get out of their own way. Again, I'm driving home from work just about an hour ago and breaking news. The Mets just put Familia, their ace closer on the DL. So if you thought it couldn't get any worse, now Familia goes down. He's on the DL. Um, you've got uh, Cespedes is still out. One of their best players is out right now. So um, Subway Series tonight, I look for the Yankees. This is a three-game series in Flushing. I look for the Yankees to sweep the series, and anything but will be an utter disappointment. The Yankees should wipe the floor with this team. They shouldn't even be on the same field as the Mets, and I'm sorry to say that, but the Mets are... are, I, I thought the Orioles were the worst team in baseball, and they were on pace to break that Mets record of 120 losses, but the the Orioles, they, they, they beat the Mets. They, they played two games the other day, and they beat the Mets 2-1 to one and one nothing. So the Mets have now scored just two runs in, I believe, 44 innings. They've lost uh, six straight games, I believe, and they haven't won a game in June as of now. Um, that could change tonight, however. They would, if, they, if I had to say if the Mets were going to win tonight, they would um, need to score more than one run because 
Jacob deGrom gets no run support. He's 4-0 with a uh, sub-2 ERA. I believe it's like 1.45 ERA. Um, And, I mean, I don't know how much longer this guy can continue to play for the Mets. They've got to either think about um, trading him or or they've got to do something to 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 change switch up the lineup because they're I mean Jay Bruce uh has three home runs on the year and he hasn't hit a home run you know in City Field and then you've got uh Adrian Gonzalez who started off hot he hasn't hit a home run in City Field I mean the numbers are crazy bad at home and I don't get what it is I I mean the, it's insane um the Yankees are 40 and 18. I don't know if I said that before, but they uh, are 40 and 18. The Mets are 27 and 32. The Mets have now lost, um, like I said, six straight, and um, they have dropped to fourth, fourth place in the NL East. So not good. Um, this is probably the Mets season right here, and what I mean by that is this is the Subway Series, but to them it's probably the World Series because they have no chance of making the playoffs if they continue down this road. Um, they're only five games below 500, which isn't terrible at this point. They would need an awesome second half like they had a few years ago when they made that run to the World Series. Um but I just I don't see it happening. And if they don't want their season to collapse, they need to make a statement, take two out of three from the Yankees, or even sweep them. I mean, this this wouldn't this would surprise me. It very much would surprise me. But it wouldn't like I wouldn't be like, oh my god, can I cannot believe this just happened. Everything is lining up. The Yankees have won two straight, eight of ten. They're on a roll, and the Mets are on a you know. The downslope. They're on a a, lo- a losing streak. So you know, I could see it lining up where the Mets just sweep them because they've got they've got a uh, Degrom and Syndergaard pitching in these three games. Um, even though Syndergaard is going up against Severino, um, but yeah, I could I could see it happening. I wouldn't be totally surprised. Um, but the Mets they need more than two runs in their last 44 innings if they want a chance to beat the powerhouse my powerhouse new york yankees okay so i, I i'm just i'm like a little i'm like a little kid right now like i'm giddy i'm super excited we've got game 4 nba finals we've got the start of the subway series like i'm rocking and rolling you'd think i had like 10 cups of coffee right now i'm just jacked and juicy right now for this one. I can't wait for tonight. I mean, we're talking sports, sports, and more sports all weekend long, and I'll get into the rest of it. But next up, um, I just wanted to give a shout out. Actually, we had the MLB draft earlier this week for you baseball fans. I paid attention somewhat, um, but I just want to give a shout out real quick to um, Auburn pitcher Casey Mize, who was drafted by the Detroit Tigers with the first overall pick. So congratulations to him. We also had going at number nine, I forget the kid's name, but he's the Oklahoma quarterback who is saying that he wants to stay at Oklahoma because he wants to break Baker Mayfield's, all Baker Mayfield's uh, NCAA records at quarterback. Um, So I think he got like a $5 million signing bonus. So it's going to be very interesting to see if he actually stays at Oklahoma, if that's all talk, or if he does um, choose the route of uh, Major League Baseball and uh, head to the minors, because that would uh, that would be hard to uh, give up if I were him. That's a lot of money for a college kid. So we'll see what happens there. Um, in other news, real quick, uh, I want to talk about this. Uh, this is from the NFL. This was kind of a sneaky, sneaky one. It, it jumped in there. Um, but 
Julian Edelman is now facing a four-game suspension for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing substances. He has actually filed his appeal already. Um, I don't think there's much here. He's going to end up, I mean, Goodell at this point has it out for the Patriots. I have no problem with that because I'm a Jets fan. So if he wants to drop the hammer and issue more sanctions, come on, suspend Tom Brady next. And uh, the reason I say that is because Everybody that's familiar with the Patriots and the NFL knows that Julian Edelman has worked extensively with Alex Guerrero. And where do you know that name from? Well, he ha- he just happens to be the personal trainer of Tom Brady and that whole TB12 method that he swears by, etc., etc. Um, this is the same Alex Guerrero, by the way, um, that Bill Belichick stripped of his special team privileges. So this is very interesting. We'll see if the league um, tries to go after Brady, if there's anything more there. Um, I mean, as of right now, uh, Edelman is presumed innocent, I guess, until guilty, but most of these guys are freaking guilty. It it is um, worth noting that, yeah, Edelman missed the entire season last year with a torn ACL. So we see a lot of times with guys trying to battle back from injury, and they uh, they start taking stuff. And uh, that they shouldn't be real, really, and and they get caught. I mean, these guys are tested multiple times a year, and t- for them to think that they're gonna get get away with it, or that they can mask it with something, or take something else to hide it, it's just no. You're gonna get caught. Just don't do it. Why do you have to do something that is illegal? Just why? That's what I want to know. Just do it the right way. I understand you're coming back from injury, but you got to do it the right way. Now, um, Edelman, I, I did hear something on the radio this morning. They said that Edelman has been tested hundreds of times, and he's never tested positive for anything. So that's worth noting, maybe. Maybe he appeals it, and he wins, he wins the appeal, and he's able to, um, you know, he's able to forego that four games, or they drop it to two, or one, or three. We'll see what happens with that. Um, a, it, for all you uh, racing fans out there, We've got the Belmont Stakes tomorrow, about 6.45 p.m. Eastern time. That will drop. Um, I am excited for this one, actually. I haven't gotten into – I wasn't into the Kentucky Derby, really, um, but I've gotten into I've gotten into it once um, Justify – that's right, ladies and gentlemen, Justify is going for the Triple Crown. You've guessed it. Um, Justify has, the, has great odds, by the way, um, four to five odds. Uh, to win. He's the favorite. He won the last two races. Um, he, this is a horse similar to American Pharaoh. Um, some say that Justify is way better than American Pharaoh. Um, personally, in my gut, I'm saying that Justify is going to win this race. Um, I know the first two took a lot out of him, but I really believe in Belmont tomorrow that uh, Justify gets it done to become, let's see, the yes, he would be the 13th ever and first since American Pharaoh in 2015 to win the Triple Crown. It's very difficult, but um, this is a great racehorse, and I think Justify gets it done. Um, it is it is worth noting that Justify drew post one, so he will have to come off the rail to beat top contenders. This is the these are the two horses that if Justify were to lose, I would not be shocked if these two horses um, would were to win. They have pretty good odds too. This is um, a couple horses actually. So Hofberg um, at nine to two odds. There's also Bravazo 
seven to one, and Vino Rosso at eight to one. Um, I like that last one. I'm Italian, Vino Rosso. That sounds pretty Italian. So if I had to bet my money, I I I'd throw a couple bucks on 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 Vino Rosso. Why not? Um, so yeah, look for that race to drop. Um, tomorrow about like i said about 6 45 it's going to be extremely exciting i always love watching that it's like the great it's like the most adrenaline filled minute and a half or two minutes um of a sporting event ever to watch those things um i'd love to go in person one day to see one of those uh one of those uh three races probably awesome um so uh we've got that and then um i just want to preface a couple things here i want to drop this because I don't know what the fuck is going on in the world lately, but but this is this is a PSA that I feel the need to talk about. Um, two things before I let before I go here and get into this glorious weekend. Um, number one, and I don't want to spend too much time because I don't like to talk politics ever. I think it came out earlier in the week that President Trump canceled the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl uh, visit to the White House. As you all know, um, this whole NFL season was just an absolute mess, total atrocity. We've had players kneeling at the national anthem, Colin Kaepernick disrespecting the flag, not disrespecting the flag. People are pissed. The NFL ratings have gone down. So the Philadelphia Eagles, most of the NFL, and I think it's fair in saying this, and I think I can get away with saying this, um, it's not a race thing, nothing to do with that, but most of the NFL... Does, has an issue with uh, President Donald Trump. He called them SOBs. He said, if you don't like it, get out of our country. He called it unpatriotic. You must stand for the flag. Um, and most of them have voiced their opinions that they do not, they're not very like, they don't like Donald Trump. Let's that's plain and simple to put it nicely. They're not a fan of his and they don't want to come to the White House. So Donald Trump said, you know what? You don't want to come. I'm just going to cancel the whole damn thing. So he canceled that. And it's really, it's a shame because it's turned into a politics thing and people, the players hate Donald Trump. So they're going to spite him and they don't want to show up. And here's, here's my take on this. And I'm going to say this once and that's it. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I will say this. Okay. Donald Trump is our president. Whether you like him or not, he's still the president of the United States of America, the greatest country in the world, okay? Um, he's our president, and it's fine. If you don't like him, that's fine. That is your opinion. If you didn't vote for him, fine. I'm not going to say who I voted for either way, but that's fine, okay? Um, I just feel that it, this is... this. Put your politics aside. This is sports. This is something Nixon started, okay, in the Nixon administration to invite the the reigning champion for for the, this respectable sport to the White House. They take some pictures. They get to meet the president. It's just a fun day. You, you know, talk sports and, and go over your accomplishments. It's not politics. I don't understand when politics came into this. It's not about politics. It's not whether you like one person versus the other. That's it. I personally was not a fan of Barack Obama, okay? But I don't know Barack Obama. If I won an NBA championship, if I won a World Series, if I won a Stanley Cup, you name it, I 
would have no problem going to the White House when Obama was president. I didn't like his politics. I wasn't a fan of his, but I'm sure the dude was awesome. He loved, he was a big sports guy. Um, I'm sure he would have been cool to talk to. Politics aside, like when you're going to the, you're not a politician. You're not going to the White House to talk politics. You're a professional athlete. And that's where I have a need to step in and say that because these athletes, I understand that they have a platform that they can use and and they want to, you know, they want to use their platform and their following and their fan base because they're, you know, in the limelight. They're on television every day. They're on radio. You know, we we know who they are for the most part, and they want to use that as a platform and as a place to uh, make a statement and make a mark on society. But you're you're a professional athlete. Just please, I, I just I feel that you should leave the politics to. The politicians leave the politics to those who know how to politic, and and just go out there and and just leave it alone. Like Michael Jordan, he used to never get involved with these things. He would go out there, he would let his play speak for himself. He didn't want to get involved on one side or the other, and that's how I feel it should be. Just go out there, play your sport, do you, and just play the game that you were put on this earth to play and that you love. Don't go getting involved in, with these sideshows and causing drama in the locker rooms because that's what this kneeling stuff did. It started to tear apart locker rooms. And players might not say that, but it's true. There was a picture one week last season where um, uh, one of the um, linemen on the Steelers, Villanueva, uh, he was in the Army. There's a photo of him. Everybody knows this by now. This went viral, and they this has been talked about. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but there's a photo before one of the games. He's the only one from the Pittsburgh Steelers that came out for the national anthem, and he's standing there with his hand across his heart um, during the national anthem. The rest of the team stayed in the locker room, and afterwards they said they probably could have handled that better. They should have come out, blah, blah, blah. But this is what I mean. It is tearing. This is tearing locker rooms apart. Okay, and pe- people don't want to say it. They're saying, "Oh, uh, Colin Kaepernick, he deserves a place in this league. He deserves a spot on a roster." But I can assure you, there are many, many, many players in those locker rooms that view him as a distraction, that view his whole situation as a distraction, and they just don't. They simply don't want that to be a part of their locker room because they they see what it can do. It can divide a locker room. And when you play a sport, that's the last thing you want. That's a brotherhood. You need camaraderie. You need to work as one unit to accomplish a goal, and that's to win a championship every year. So yeah, put your politics aside, people. Just go to the White House because it's not about it's not about politics. It's about sports, and it's about who who wouldn't want to say that they got to go to the White House and meet the president. Who cares if he's looked upon as unfavorably? Trump is maybe the most un you know unlike president of all time for all you know for, for what it's worth. But that doesn't matter. Just the fact, even if you like him or you don't, just the fact that you got. You could say, you could grow up and tell your, your kids, your grandkids, you know, their, their kids, like just to tell your family that, oh yeah, all those years ago, I, look at this picture. I got to meet the president of the United States. I got to shake his hand when I won the NBA championship, when I won the World Series, whatever. Like that to me is such an awesome thing. And maybe I don't know what it's like because I'm not a professional athlete, but that's how I feel. That's my take on it. And that's the way I, I just, I feel 
that you need just put your politics aside, people, and go to the White House. You don't have to agree with the president's views or politics, but just go there. It's a nice thing and just enjoy it. Revel in the moment that you are now a champion. No one can take that away from you. So put your politics aside and just go out there and just meet the president, shake his hand, take a nice little photo op as a team. Um, To me, that's an awesome thing, and I would do it in a heartbeat. Whether Hillary was president, whether Donald Trump was president, whether it was still Obama in office, I don't care the president. Just for me to say that I got to meet the president and got to walk in the inside the White House, that to me is just unbelievable. You can't you can't beat that. That's a once in a lifetime opportunity, and these guys are letting their politics, you know, guide their guide their feelings. And they're they're, they're they don't even know President Trump. They don't know Donald Trump. They don't know the man Donald Trump. They know what they see on TV and what he tweets at three a.m. Probably in his boxers. You know, I mean that that's all they know. They've never met him. Uh, just put your politics aside, go see the president for a couple hours, have a photo op, whether you like it or not, just, it, it's a nice thing. I, I mean, we need, we need, we need to rally more than we need to, uh, to fight each other that there's too much fighting and bullshit going on in this country right now. Um, we need to come together as a nation. We need to sports is supposed to bring people together. That's the other thing. Sports is supposed to, whether you like someone or not, everybody's supposed to be able to come together and, and play sports and have that awesome, that awesome, you know, competition and, and just uh, sports are fucking amazing people. I don't understand that, that if everyone knows that, but they taste, they seem to take advantage of that. Um, I'm done ranting about this. Um, I don't think I have anything else left. Oh yes, I do. This is an important PSA. This has nothing to do with sports, but I feel the need to put this out there because I am getting sick and tired of seeing this in the news. So earlier in the week, everybody knows, it started on Tuesday morning. Um, Fashion designer Kate Spade apparently took her own life. She hung herself in her apartment in New York by a scarf and committed suicide. 55 years old, she leaves her partner and husband, um, Andy Spade, behind, as well as her 13-year-old daughter. Who the fuck does that? I understand that suicide is nothing to be taken for granted. It is an awful, awful disease. But there, I just, oh, she had everything in the world going for her. You know, I know they say money isn't everything. And a lot of these celebrities from, you know, I could go on and on. Um, Robin Williams, whatever. They, they just, I don't get what it is that they have to commit suicide. They seem, they seem to have everything going for them. And really underneath the whole, uh, you know, the, the image that they're, they're actually depressed and they just feel that they can't go on. And there's so much pain in their lives that they, they feel the need that they have to take their own lives. And, and I wasn't going to mention this, but then again, this morning, are you kidding me? I thought this was a joke when I got the CNN alert on my phone. Anthony Bourdain committed suicide in France this morning in an apartment. He hung himself from a belt also. Like, this is celebrity chef Anthony Bourdain who has a show on um, uh, CNN. He's a just... Everybody knows his, remembers his show from the Travel Channel. Uh, I, I mean, he, he's just an icon 
an icon, and I cannot believe he looked like the happiest go lucky dude. He was just loving his life, living the dream, and for him to have committed suicide now too, like what is going on in the world? I just this is it baffles me, and I'll never understand it because I'm not, I don't have depression, and you know I'm not somebody that's living through this. But this is what family is for. You can no matter what you're going through in your life, you have to have family there. Um, you can't be afraid that your, you know, your family's going to be disappointed in you because your family is all you've got. You've only got one family. You've only got one mother. You've only got one father. You know, you've only got one brother or sister. And when they're gone, they're gone for good. And it seems to me suicide is such a selfish thing in my opinion. And I just hate to see anybody, you know, feel that their life is so bad and there's no one they could turn to for help. Um, that they have to just go and take their life. And to me, it's a selfish thing because you're not taking into account how others are going to feel when you are gone. But it's devastating. You kill yourself. And now look at Kate Spade. She had a 13-year-old daughter. Do you know how messed up that is? Like now her 13-year-old daughter has got to grow up and go to high school and go to college and and her mother is not going to be there for those milestones she's not going to be there to watch her you know graduate high school and graduate college and, and get married and have kids of her own like it's horrible it's a sad sad thing so don't feel like you have anything to um feel you know bad about like if you are having suicidal thoughts and you're depressed and you don't think you can go on you have to seek help whether and if you're too scared or embarrassed or whatever the case may be i don't know everyone's situation they're they're all different but if you feel you can't see you can't go to your family or there's too much pressure from your family and you feel the need that that you're you're going down that path i want you to uh seek help you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Um, this is a growing problem. It's almost getting as bad as uh, as the divorce rates in this country. And um, I, I just I, I felt the need to say this. I know this is a sports show, but this this has got to stop. Um, and, and what's scary and what made me bring this up is that um, the CDC published a survey ye- yesterday, actually, showing that suicide rates increased by 25% across the U.S. over nearly two decades, ending in 2016. 25 states have experienced a rise in suicides by more than 30%. This is a growing epidemic. It is a disease. It is something we need to talk more about. Put the politics aside and let's talk about this. How about that? Let's put the politics aside and let's let's talk about suicide. Um, they need to they need to start at a young age. They need to let people know. I mean, th- there's more stress in this in this world than ever before. There's stress by families. There's stress on on individuals. Young kids are expected. There's so much expected of you from a young age to go to college, to get a good job, to get you know, to start a family, to, to, to make money. There's just so much pressure that we need to take a step back and look at this. And whoa, if there's something going on in your life, you, you don't have to do everything the traditional way. It's okay. If you, you know, graduate high school and, you know, your, your grades aren't great and you don't want to go to school or, you know, you take a gap year, whatever, it's fine. Like you don't, not everybody, there's, you're not everybody is going to live this cookie cutter lifestyle where you're, you're, 
here. No, because we're not robots. So there's bound to be stress in our lives. There's bound to be depression in our lives. That is a growing concern, and we need to we need to we need to take the time to talk about it. We need to take the time to pay attention. Um, I want to urge parents for kids out there. Keep an eye on social media because we don't know. We are f- very ignorant. Um, that's everybody, not just parents, but everybody in the age of social media has become very ignorant. I mean, look at the Brian Colangelo thing. He didn't even know his wife who's who's sleeping in the same bed as him. He could be sleeping, and at 2 in the morning, she, she gets up in the middle of the night, and she's tweeting about him from these fake burner accounts. Like, that's how crazy this stuff is. So in the age of social media, we never know what's going on. Somebody might look super happy on the outside, but really, they're just they're dying on the inside. That's really what it comes down to. So if if you're feeling depressed, if you feel that your life is headed is spiraling out of control and you feel that you can't go on and you're contemplating suicide, please please think about your family. Think about who you will be leaving behind. Think about how it will impact their lives. Think about how selfish an act that is and please try 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 to get help. Seek help from somewhere. I don't care where it is. Just go and get some help from somebody. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to wrap up. This has been um, a great episode, episode three, in fact. We're now three weeks into the podcast. I'm loving it. Um, oh, I do want to, before I go, I want to plug, plug something very uh, near and dear to me. Um, I don't know if any of you out there listen to other podcasts on the regular, but if you do... Go ahead and uh, hit that subscribe button on my boy Robert Frank's 615's podcast. That's right. I'm talking about the guy that rants in his car with the bandana, uh, Robert Frank 615. He has a podcast called Glorious House of Gains. That's right, people. I'm the producer of that podcast. I'm the mythical legend behind the microphones behind the computer, the one that makes it all happen. I am the Pody, as Robert Frank likes to uh, likes to acknowledge me as. The Pody stands for Producer of the Year. He gave me um, a warm shout out on his latest episode, episode twelve of the Glorious House of Gains podcast that drops every night. Uh, sorry, not every every Wednesday night um, around 11 PM. We try to get those out there for you. So those are awesome, um, podcasts as well. Um, he gave me an awesome shout out. I didn't even ask him to do it. I kind of didn't want them to know I had started this podcast. I tried to keep it on the down low, but again, in the age of social media, that didn't work out too well. Um, I was caught very quickly, um, by Joey bag of donuts. He called me out. And, uh, so that was awesome of Robert to uh, give me a shout out on his podcast. Um, So I just wanted to return the favor. So anybody that likes listening to uh, this podcast about sports, go ahead and go listen to the glorious House of Gains podcast every Wednesday night dropping around 11 p.m. They're about an hour, hour, five, hour, 10 minutes long talking anything from the gym. Uh, We'll have guests on. We just had Jamie Flowers. If you don't know her, go follow her on IG. You won't be disappointed. but yeah, he's awesome. He's a legend. He's nearing in on 1 million followers. So if you don't follow Robert Frank, uh, go follow him now. You'll you'll uh, cry from laughter. His videos are friggin' hysterical. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to uh, shout him back. Um, and 
that's about it. I guess we will wrap up. I could not be more excited. This friggin' this podcast flew by, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe we're at the 50-minute mark already. This is insane. Um, but I am absolutely fucking excited for this weekend in sports. I could not I, – I, I, I could care less what, el- what else is going on in the world. I will be glued to my TV the entire weekend. I will be watching Game 4 of the NBA Finals tonight. I will be watching the Mets and the Yankees start their Subway Series tonight as well. I will be watching Justify hopefully win a Triple Crown tomorrow. I mean, we've got sports all weekend long. That's the beauty of – of sports. It's just, it never ends. You could turn the TV on and you will always find something to watch. It is glorious. It is amazing. It's going to be an epic weekend in sports. And uh, I just want to leave you on uh, on this note. Um, one of my favorite uh, follows on the internet, I've been following this man since, um, since his days on prison break. I, I love him. We're talking uh, Michael Rappaport. He's a bit nutty. He's a bit out there, but he he he's awesome. Um, he has his own show, and uh, he he has this to say about tonight's uh, game game four, uh, Cleveland and uh, Golden State. So I'm gonna leave you on this one. All right, here we go. Cleveland, you you fucks you. You see that? That's a fucking broom, Cleveland. <laughs> This is for you. Yeah, Michael Rappaport is hysterical. He hates LeBron James, I think, more than I do. So I don't need to say anything more about that. That's just a great little drop. Um, I wanted to lighten the mood a bit. After this stupid suicide stuff that I had to, I felt the need to mention. Um, Yeah, so there's a new segment I'm going to be debuting on a weekly basis, at the end of the podcast, probably. Um, I, I don't think I'll throw it in at the beginning. It'll probably most likely be at the end. This is a new segment called On This Date in Sports. Um, it's just a cool, fun thing to go over and talk about. So on this date, June 8th, in a certain date in history, we're going, for today's first On This Date, actually, we are going back to 1996, when Warren Morris sends a home run over the right field wall with two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning to lift LSU to a 9-8 glorious win over Miami for the College World Series title. So yeah, just keep an eye out for uh, next week. I will be dropping that as my newest segment. Just kind of add some flair to the uh, show. That's going to be called On This Date in sports, essentially, and uh, I will be bringing you a different date in sports every week on that specific day in history of something glorious that took place. Yeah, so I can't believe we've reached the end of the show already. 53 minutes in, it flew by. Um, We have a great, great weekend of sports. I'm going to reiterate this over and over again. I'm as excited as I can remember. We've got game four of the NBA Finals tonight. I will be watching Yankees-Mets Subway Series, and I will be watching Justify tomorrow. It doesn't get much better than this. You've been listening to This Week in Sports. I'm Anthony, signing out.